right. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of the Burns Book Podcast. And today we are covering going on the road. There's been a good bit of conversation about it so far. We continue to bid projects um, in our target markets where we are looking to expand. But uh, what what I wanted to do and what Nick and, and some of our other leadership here, I really want to make sure that everybody is as ready as they can possibly be before we step into that. A lot of our staff have experienced some form of an on-the-road life before, um, some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, a lot of them have no idea what it means. And so in an effort to answer some of those questions, uh, we wanted to cover some portions of it in the podcast. Uh, we'll be talking to some guys in the field. We'll be talking to some people in the office. And we're also going to talk to um, some people who have been on the other side of the home front as their spouses have gone on the road. So uh, what what we'll start with right now is um, Nick and Doug did an interview recently talking about Doug's experiences. He did a tremendous amount of road work, some of it in Texas, where he was gone for long stints at a time. And uh, let's hear from them a little bit right now to see what that experience was like. So, um, it just sounds weird when you're talking to each other, but it's probably because you can hear yourself and then it's got a little delay. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess that's it. I haven't thought about that, that it's, you can hear yourself in your headphones, but then you also feel your vibrations. Right. Makes sense. Um, okay. So the whole purpose of we talked about, um, was it last week? Mm-hmm. We talked about the purpose of this was that to kind of talk about we're we're doing this episode about um, going on the road, mm-hmm. and it's really mainly geared towards people that are uh, that have never been on the road because there's a lot of young guys out there that their whole thought process is all right, I want to go on the road because I'm going to make more money right, or that's right. my way up the ladder or et cetera, right. et cetera, right? Um, but you've, what is your, like, your experience on the road? You've you've worked for, I mean, how long have you been in the business? Uh, almost 20 years. 20 years, <laughs> yeah. So 20 years, how many, how many places, how many companies have you worked for in 20 years? I've mainly worked for one. For one? Who yeah. is that? Uh, Smith & Company. Where are they out of? Houston, Texas. So you, so for that twenty years, you were mainly working in Texas, or it was all before before you got here. Was, you were all in Texas. It was in Texas, but Texas is a big place, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what parts of Texas was it in? Uh, we mainly stayed around that area, but if it was anywhere past an hour and a half drive, we stayed out of town. So an hour and a half was cut off. Yeah. Okay. And then, so at an hour and a half, you would get per diem, and they would. Would you get a per diem and they would put you up, or how did how they did would that put us up and then they would reimburse us? That was our per diem. They would put you up and then they would re- reimburse you. Yeah, for any, give me an example for for like meals and things like that. We just kept our receipts and then they would reimburse us. So they have like a max of like how much you did in a day? Not like, really. Not really. They no. just took care of you. They just didn't cover beer and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things we talked about, uh, the, part of the idea behind this was like, okay, so guys like you that have been out of town, you worked out of town, how many years would you say of that 20 was out of town work? Probably about a quarter of it. About a quarter of it, so yeah. five, you know, five years or so. Yeah. Okay, so in five years, what are kind of the main things you learned? Um, what's life like on the road? Plus when you come home, what is that 
I mean, it's, it's a hard life. Yeah. It really is. I mean, everything that you have at home is waiting on you when you get home. Yeah. And you only have a couple of days to get it done. Yeah. You know? In other words, all the chores. Right. The, the sink is leaking. And when you get home on Friday. Changing evening, diapers and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough to do as a, as a family man. Yeah. You know, it really is. So when you say a family man, so like what age you're talking about, like with children married and having kids, mm-hmm. it's tough to do that. Right. right. So is there ages of kids that are easier or harder or is it when your kids get a little older, you know, it's a lot easier. It's yeah. a lot easier. It's just, it's real stressful on your wife, you know, taking care of little babies and yeah, you know, yeah. all by yourself. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because when they're, when they're young, it takes a lot more energy to chase around when right. teenagers, it's like, you know, at least you can do some like, uh, you know, the reprimanding mm-hmm. when you wait till your dad gets home on Friday night or whatever, right. that kind of thing. Right. right. Um, well, that makes sense. So you, you got kids, how old are yours? I've got one a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's, he's 18 now. Yeah. And then my other's 10. So now that, so now that they're that age, do you feel that it's like, it's that you're more motivated to go back on the road? Oh yeah. They wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. No, because they're older, but if they were five and six, three and two, that's kind of tougher. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so with the shifts that you were working on when you were next quarter, how did that function? Did y'all go to town for five days or for a whole month or? We'd stay out and we'd stay out for five days. You know, that's yeah. what they figured us, but we really only worked four. You know, we'd bust out all our work in those four days, no matter how long it took. Yeah. And then that last day we'd just nitpick and then, you know. Go so, home. so you would say like. They would say we're gonna work fifty hours this week, and y'all would cram that into four days. Or was there not a set hours, or just hey, we had to get X done? We it, it was on how much we could get done. I mean that gotcha. that's it was a, it was a schedule, and that's what we went by. Oh, you just had I had to put down five thousand tons of rock this week, or whatever right, it is, right? right. Move twenty thousand yards, right? Okay, and that boss, makes sense. Boss man would be like, you get this done, we can go home. <laughs> so would the um, you had, you felt that functioned well? I mean, does that work? It worked really well. It okay. really did. I mean, it kept everybody motivated, you know, and we all got everything done. We all had our, our Be- goal. Because you had a target to work towards. Right. And once you got X number done to stay on schedule with the job, you could, right. you could cut out. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to do that a little bit, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a it's a tough way to do a job unless you have a big production job. Right. It's a lot easier on right. Were those big highway jobs or how did those what kind yeah, of work? A lot of them were. A lot of them were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have any other kind of advice or anything for you know, these for guys that are, you know, maybe going on the road for the first time or they think they want to go on the road? I mean, it, you said everything's at, everything's still there when you get home, but yeah. I mean what would you It's not a party on the road. Yep. It is not a party on the road. I know a lot of guys think that oh i'm gonna go drink every night and you know all that it's not like that yeah it's yeah. a lot of work and a lot of tiresome yeah <laughs> yeah when yeah it's better to go ahead and put your hours in right knock it out go back to the hotel or the camper or whatever and go to sleep wake up do it right. again it's not staying out late going to the bar at night and all that kind of stuff right you're going to work yeah and now I, yeah that's not to say that you know you can't get a little schedule going like we always We'd work out, and then 
Thursday night. Everybody grabbed what kind of beer they wanted, what kind of meat they wanted, and we had a little grill, and, you know, we had a little tailgate. Yeah, yeah. yeah and a little then, cookout. Right, a little yeah. cookout, and kind of unwinded from the week. Yeah, because y'all were going home on Fridays. And right. If you met production, y'all were... Yeah, we were gone. So. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it makes sense. You kind of had this whole week to look forward to, and mm-hmm. you humped it all week, had this little celebration, and then cut out, went home to mama. Right. Makes sense. Cool. Well, um, yeah, cool. All right. Now we are going to hear um, from Gilbert. Gilbert's got a slightly different experience. Uh, definitely an on-the-road type uh, type job where he's gone for extended periods of time. But Gilbert took some time out of his schedule to sit down with Nick and to give us his perspective about what it's like to be gone and, and things that need to be prioritized and, and managed while you're away. So uh, let's take a few minutes and listen to these guys. So... So I guess the whole point of this is that um, we're talking what we're trying to do. And like, I'm a good example. I've never worked on the road. I've been, I've traveled for business. You know, I've gone to auctions. I've gone to conferences, but I've never worked on the road for say six months or a year or six years. Right. You know, that, that long, um, that long term day in day out building a project that kind of thing. Right. right. And it's, I'm not scared of the challenge. I think it sounds interesting. I get, I watch my, I grew up watching my dad travel a lot for work and I, I get how it gets old. I could see that in his eyes and hear how at one point in time, my dad told me um, that he realized that what he did for a living was he was a professional traveler. You know, that was his whole life was, um, and you probably don't know a whole lot about my dad, but my dad worked for MTD that makes Cub Cadet and Troy built outdoor power equipment stuff. And he right. was on the operations side, the manufacturing, research and development, that kind of stuff. So he traveled to plants all around the world constantly. I mean, he was gone from home probably 50% of my childhood. That may be an exaggeration, but that's pretty, that's the way I felt. Um, and so I've, I've watched it. I grew up around it, watching a, you know, dad be absent from the household for a lot of my childhood. And so I get the impact of it on a kid, but I don't understand the impact of, you know, of being the one that's on the road, you know, how that takes a toll on you as a, as a father, not being home for, you know, weeks or five days or five months or whatever it is, you know? Right. Um, But what's your, um, I guess a good place to start is kind of like, what kind of timeframes were you gone in your in your career, like what kind of time frames have you experienced of being gone? Um, gone a month at a time, weeks at you know a week at a time, or yo, I guess the probably the longest I was ever gone was like I would be gone like three weeks, and then I'd come home for a day or two, and then I'd be gone for three weeks. Yeah, and that happened over like maybe a two month period. I I did that. You know, it wasn't like it it went on for a year where I was yeah. gone that much, but largely I would be gone like a week. 10 days and then I would spend a couple of days home four days something like that is largely the kind of traveling I did so the so that um being gone for three weeks and home for two days is that was that like the summertime where you could really work in high production and you you needed to get it done or well, it actually was in the winter and the spring but we was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast oh, so, so it didn't you, matter right yeah. it was sand you know and we was the type of work we was doing it was we could work right behind the rain 
Yeah. And so, and it was one of those jobs that needed to have already been done. You know, it was behind schedule. So that was, that was really hard that during that time, you know, basically you just seen home for, I mean, you travel five hours to get home and you, at the most you'd be at, away from the job was 48 hours at a time, you know, within 48 hours of leaving, you was back. And that, that, that was real tough. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it didn't go on very long. Largely when I worked out of town, we would, we would, at first when I went, we would go for like nine days, 10 days, you know, and then we'd come home for three or four days and have like a long weekend. Do you think that's a good balance of doing 10 days and then come home for three or four days? I do. Instead of working five on, two off, like a trying to work long days and work Monday through Friday and then get home Friday evening and ship back out Sunday evening or Monday morning. I mean, you think it's better to do that 10, 10 day span? When I was doing it, that's what I preferred. That was kind of a choice that we made was, you know, you got more done on the job because you spent, nine ten days you know back to back working right and then you could come home you could have a day of rest after you got home and spend a couple quality days with your family and then you know it's time to get ready to go back on the road again to where if you come home friday night you know saturday morning you wake up you don't want to be doing anything around the house you don't want to be cutting the grass you don't want to be going you know getting a food plot ready so you can hunt that winter Mm -hmm. you want to be just you know, just doing nothing at the house. But if you don't do it that Saturday, you know, Sunday, That's you're packing, true. you know, you spend a few minutes with your wife, with your kids, you know, Sunday afternoon, it's time to get on the road. Because when you five, six hours from home, you don't want to wake up Monday morning right, and be trying to travel, you know, yeah, to your job. So you leave, you tend to leave Sunday afternoon. So Saturday is your only full day at home. And you cutting the grass or something like that. So I really did like the the nine, ten days on the road, and then you spend three or four or five at home, you know, type yeah. of deal. Did you have kids when you were traveling? Or I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, you were. I did. I did. The first time I went out of town, I probably was, I think, maybe twenty six years old. Obviously, young at the time. Yeah. And my oldest daughter was four. I think somewhere like that. And I had a, my son, he was maybe a year old. So the children wasn't in school. They could, you know, my wife could come spend a week with me. Right. You know, and little, felt a little like vacation at times then. But, you know, as they got older, you know, started school, she never really could come and, you know, spend much time. And I guess that's when it really was got that, tougher. Was that traveling? Was that when you were still working with your dad or was that later on with Edge and that that phase well it started with my dad i spent about the last three years i worked for my dad i spent off and on on the road gotcha yeah i guess and then pretty much the whole time i was at the next job i i was on the road you know off and on a fair amount pretty much all over the state we traveled with with my last job before burns yeah and uh of course i went to with my dad you know my first real job out of town where I stayed for, you know, 10 days at a time was in on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, I mean, that was that's still one of my favorite places I ever worked was, you know, working down there. I loved it, loved going down there and working. But, uh, and, heck, you know, if I was to move, I probably would go 
down that yeah, you'd area. Be there anyways. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, because I really enjoyed the the atmosphere working down there and everything. And I mean, who wouldn't want to work on the beach? You're, yeah, you know, you're on vacation. You know, when in the evenings, if you want to go, for sure, if your wife and your kids can be there with you, you know, your family. I've thought about that too. We've been we've been bidding some work that some of it's in a more urban area with things going on, you know, Huntsville or Birmingham, but also we've been in elementary school out in this like random town out in the middle of North Alabama that was um, kind of remote, you know, and I kind of thought to myself, this may fit some people and some people may prefer to be, you know, in a more urban place, you know, and I kind of thought about it. We and Russell were having a conversation about jobs on the coast and cause he had, he has done some of that, some storm cleanup and that kind of thing. And really that destination of where you're working may change how you feel about it. Cause if you're in West Texas, Doug was in here talking about working out in West Texas, you're out in the middle of, you know, maybe out in the middle of nowhere building a highway. Right. I think is where some of the stuff he was working on. So I get that. Right. I know you mentioned Gulf Shores and I mean, who yeah. wouldn't want to work in Gulf Shores? Right. I mean, it's, well, I took a vacation there just past uh, Christmas. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, but it's still on the road. It's still on the road. It's, you know, five and a half hours from home. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you regret the years of working on the road or? I do not. I do not. I there was there's moments that that I can look back on, smile, you know, and 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 there was the first part of it I really really enjoyed. Like I say. I thoroughly enjoy working on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah. And, but the latter years of working on the road, you know, I stayed in a motel a lot. You know, we may be in a city for two days. We go to the next city for a day. You know, it was just bouncing around. And I really didn't like that. You know, there was no way to take your family with you, no way for your family to come see you, period. And, but all in all, it's made me appreciate what I have now. You know, being on the road, the bad times on the road, you know, makes me treasure and appreciate being home every night with my family. Having the opportunity to build a relationship with my children, to know my children. Because, I mean, you know, I, the first time I went on the road, I was, my daughter was like four years old. And next thing I knew, she was 10. I was like, where did those six years go? Yeah. And I really didn't know her. And so my, my last two children, I have a lot more of a relationship with them because I've been around them since they was an infant all, you know, their whole life. And so I don't regret going on the road, but I do not regret, you know, coming to Burns, being at home every night. And I can't say I won't go on the road again when I, my children get older. Right. You know, and it's just me and my wife mostly at the house. You know, if I can take her with for sure. Right, that and changes goes, things, yeah, when you get some company. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, company you desire <laughs> <laughs> to spend time with. Yeah. Nothing against my coworkers. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> but, I mean, for sure, you know, when you speak of, you know, going somewhere like Gulf Shores, I mean, you know, go spend six months on a job. Yeah. But I still, I still, you know, ultimately coming back home and being at home every night, sleeping in your own bed, you know, it's nothing like it. Yeah, I get that, yeah. Did you ever do the like the camper thing? Where you, I did not. You did. It was no. always motels, huh? Well, we had an apartment uh, when I worked on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You rented we, an apartment down there. We and... did. Or I actually done a little project 
a utility project when I was working for my dad and we in uh, Laurel, Mississippi, and we rented a house. That was great. Is that, I mean, that's a lot better than doing the motel thing. I mean, yeah. Yes. Game changer. It is. Yeah, it is. You, you come back to the same place. You can leave your, you can leave your food. You can leave anything you personal you want to take with you. You just leave it there. Yeah. Uh, And of course it'd be the same way with the camper, you know, type deal. But I never, I've never experienced that. I know a lot of construction companies, that's the way they go. But we would do like a house or an apartment, and then, you know, pretty much the whole crew would live together, you know, four guys or something. Yeah. Was the housekeeping and cleaning and that kind of stuff, was that pretty manageable? I mean, it wouldn't have, you think, I kind of picture, you know, five or six dudes living in a house together, you know, it may get... (laughs) <laughs> it may kind of get rough in there, and I just wonder. That's my only hesitation on the house or apartment thing. Is well, that's that's a very good point. I feel like that's something you have to you have to fight. Some crews are worse. Yeah, I was blessed, lucky to have good guys. You know, work for the most part to work with me. They helped. Yeah, obviously their bedrooms was, you know, what they was, but that's I just right. tried to stay out of them for yeah. the most part. But yeah, like the generally I had good guys, but I have heard horror stories. You know. From apartments from houses where you know you have one or two guys it's just really messy and it makes a life miserable for everybody else there so that's definitely a, something to consider yeah i think that's something we can pull off because most of our jobs are a lot longer you think about it some of these trades that travel like electricians or plumbers they may not be on a job for a year we can very easily get on jobs that you know are a year long or six months long or something when you have those long-term jobs it's much easier to go get and rent a house or rent an apartment or it is. if you got work in an area, you know, buying something and having a place that's consistent, that's right. kind of maybe becomes a second home for a little while, not, right. not living out of a hotel. Right. And, so. and like I say, it's just, it's just easier. You know, you can, you can take your spouse, you can take a child, you know, if you want to, if you've got a house yeah. to work, if you're in a motel, it's just, it's just tough. Yeah. I picture the... Um, and maybe this is kind of like romanticizing working on the road a little bit, but I was thinking, you know, if you were you know, a good crew of guys you're friends with, you know, and you're close with, and you get off work at the end of the day and you got a grill in the backyard, you know, somebody takes a grill and you got a fire pit or something and you can kind of relax and kick back. You can't do that at a hotel. Right. You don't have, right. It's probably easier to stay out of trouble too. When you have a plate, you have a house, you can go sit in the living room and you know, you're not in a motel stuck between you know four walls all the time. Um, but what else? What's your other thoughts? Well, I guess, I guess there is one thing, I guess that I feel like the crews here at, at Burns is going to have to, they're going to have to get used to when they go on the road, the fact that like right now, you know, largely you're within 25, 30 minutes of all their other jobs. You know, if I need to borrow a roller from someone, or a mini X or a skid steer, you know, I can generally jump in my truck, get a trailer and go get it mm-hmm. within, within an hour. It's back on my job. I want to say we have like a network. We're close enough to where when you're on the road, it's you out there by yourself. You know, you can't call, I can't call Andy or Stuart and say, Hey, can I borrow that roller for two hours? Either one, I got to go rent it or else I got to wait and bring it with me next time I come to the job site. And it takes more. It takes more planning. It takes more forethought of what do I need, what do I need to bring with me when I leave to go to the job site. 
whatever it may be, big, small, like I say for sure, like a mini X skid steer, you know, a little a tamp, whatever, which I know we've spoken of the fact of, and we have the, the tool trailers now, helps a lot, but it's, it's definitely something that's going to have to be gotten used to by the crews here because yeah. you are, to a point, a solo act when you're on the road. And I guess another thing that I would miss would having, be having a mechanic close by. Like right now, you blow a line on a traco, you know, you call, someone comes fix it. To where when you're on the road, you know, you may have to take that line off yourself, carry it to the local parts store and get it fixed. So it's that part. That's another thing about the road. When I traveled with Edge, I was my own mechanic a lot. It seemed like seemed like I spent more time doing that than anything else about, you know, working really? on something. Yeah. You know, with that for sure with the erosion equipment, it was it was always something felt like breaking it. Yeah. I do not miss that. I really enjoy being able to call a mechanic and say, Hey, it's broke. Come fix it please. You know, and I keep on producing. Yeah, that independent that's a that's really good advice, I think, that realizing you're you're gonna be more independent. You gotta be more self sufficient. You've gotta plan better. Um, that's part of the challenge. I mean, that's that's probably half the challenge there is you know, you're gonna be out by yourself, especially when you've spent some guys have spent their entire career working um working you know, in a two mile proximity with everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or at least another crew. Right. Um but yeah, I mean I, I get that. That's great advice. But that's great advice. It's also what makes it a challenge, what makes it enjoyable, fun, you know. You don't have – you have to build your own resources. You have to build your own relationships. You have to find that parts store, that local rental store that you can get that roller from or, you know, get your hoses, whatever you need. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's part of what I loved about being on the road was building those relationships myself. And another thing, you know – the boss man, he's five hours away. He's not gonna pop by this that ever so. You know, you if you enjoy the freedom, you tend to have it more on the road because the boss man is not gonna be. He can't drop by like he can when he's thirty minutes away. Yeah, you know, we, you and I have had several conversations over the years of the, the fulfillment you get from working in construction. That the reason a lot of us love this industry is because. We put our blood, sweat, and tears into building something and the the satisfaction you get out of building something. And I think that's a whole part about what is part of a motivator for being on the road is that challenge is the challenge of building something and the satisfaction of building something is maybe elevated more because it was more intense because you had to plan more. You had to fix your own equipment. You know, you're not where you can call me or a project manager or something say, Hey, can you come out here and look at this? Absolutely. You know, you have to be more independent, which I think will be really good for a lot of guys that where we have to have more trust between teams that someone on site that's three hours away may have to make a decision on their own using their best judgment. Um, because someone can't come and look at it. You know, we had that, we have that happen all the time where you need, somebody to come look at something then you know it's like, oh, I can't get there today you just do what you think's best um, that's going to be more that's going to occur more on the road where you, right. the superintendent or the team there 
has to make the best decision to move on. And which I think is brings more fulfillment because you did it more. Right. You didn't ask for help. Right. So. Right. You, you made that decision. And if it turns out good, then you walk away with a smile. If, if it turns out bad, you know, you bear the scars, but you learned the lesson. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, I, uh, appreciate you coming. Um, absolutely. If you, uh, if ever want to come back, you know, you know where we stay now. You can I come, do. You can I come do. record. It's not so bad, right? It's not been that bad, no, sir. Yeah. Alrighty. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Okay. So, um, I am here in the podcast studio with Macy. And we are going to give you guys a little bit of perspective from the opposite side of being on the road, of being at home and having a spouse who is gone for a certain amount of time. So I have been a road wife, as one would call it, um, for about 13 years now. Uh, My husband is a bank auditor, and so he leaves town um, during a busy season, let's say like October to February, and he might leave town on a Sunday and come home on a Thursday. So very similar to the type of road work that we are targeting here in that you're going to be spending a few nights, um, at least one or two nights at home a week. Um, and so I know, I know a lot about what that's like to prepare for somebody to be gone, um, to think about what has to be handled before they leave, while they're gone, when they come back, um, and to kind of switch from road life back to okay, we're back at home now. Because sometimes that transition is a little bit hard. If you're not doing it constantly all the time, there's no rhythm to settle into. You kind of have like, oh, okay, you're gone now. And then you do that for six months and they're like, oh, wait, but we're back now. And now you're here all the time. Um, Macy has not yet experienced on the road life, but uh, you definitely have questions and thoughts and stuff that you would want to think about. So I think Our hope is that with this portion of the podcast, we give you some ideas to take home with you for anyone on staff who is thinking about going on the road or has committed to it. We give you some information that you can go back home and say, okay, talk with your significant other, talk with mom, talk with whoever, and say, this is the stuff we need to make sure we handle before I leave to go on the road. These are the things we need to set in place. These are the priorities we want to make for it because the more planning you do ahead of time, the better the experience is going to be altogether for both you while you're gone and for anybody that's that's at the house. Um, so, Macy, what what is something that would concern you the most about about Dylan being gone? Um, probably we've just never done it before. Yeah. We are at home together every single night. We've been married for almost ten years, so you know, yeah, being away from somebody like that and they're in a totally different city that would be. Yeah, it's just it's just a, a major change. Yes, right. For sure. Yeah, for that's sure. that is definitely something I never knew any different. Mm-hmm. So when we got married, um, Robert and I were a long distance relationship for a number of years. We got married and he went on the road, so I never knew any different from him being gone for extended periods of time. When he comes home um, after that, that's when I have the same feelings that you talk about. But it's like, oh wait, you're here, you're here all the time now. I don't, I got used to you being gone. I don't know what to do now. Um, cause it, it changes a lot of stuff. It does. Um, there's probably a lot that like you and Dylan tag team at the house for various chores that have to be done. Things that have to be handled. Oh, yeah. Who's, sure. who's going to take who to a doctor's appointment? Who's going to handle the yard? Who's going to take care of the laundry? Who's, who's planning vacation and getting ready to go on that kind of stuff? Who's, you know, when your, your family calls or somebody needs something, you kind of divide things up when one of you is not there 
all of a sudden it falls, a lot of that responsibility will fall to the person that's at home. So it can be a little overwhelming to think about as the spouse that's going to be at home. Um, Sometimes you feel like, oh my God, I have to do everything. And that's not necessarily the case, but it can feel like that. It can really overwhelm a spouse to be like, you're going to be gone. I'm going to do every single thing in this house now. That's not necessarily true, but it does shift. It does cause a pretty big shift. Um, Let's talk about communicating a little bit. So how do you think that would be challenging to communicate with somebody on the road like that, whether it's Dylan or anybody else? Um, For us personally, we text all day long anyways. I mean, like we'll send each other a text and just see what they're doing or call or FaceTime, whatever. So I think communication would be fine. I think we would probably communicate even more if he wasn't at home just because that's just our relationship we just we make sure we talk a lot and that's that's a big thing for us so I think if he was gone we would it would probably be triple we'd be texting each other even more and facetiming more and especially for Millie too because yes she would definitely she has an iPad and she texts me so she would definitely be texting him more Mm -hmm. and if we couldn't see him every single day that would definitely be yeah we would need more communication for sure y'all do a much better job of that than we are (laughs) um so that that is a perfect example of how like a the changes in technology have really helped us to make an experience like going on the road a lot better. You can text somebody and just check in right. routinely during the day. You, it can feel like because we're all so conditioned to text messaging anyway, whether you are down the street or you are in another state, a text message hits the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels the same. Um, making sure that you're doing a lot of checking in can be really great for uh, a relationship when you know you're not coming home at the end of the day. Um, Something for us that we found was really important early in our marriage when we didn't have kids and then even more important later when we did is I would would schedule time of this is when we're going to FaceTime at the end of the day. And it was generally like he would have to go to dinner with a client. I'd be at the home getting supper ready. So it was always about 545, 6 o'clock because that was enough time for everybody to get home, get settled, but it gave us a spot that I, I set up the phone, I stuck it on the kitchen counter, and I made all three of the boys come through, come talk to your daddy. And it, it reserved a time where I knew that no matter what we were doing at, at 6 o'clock, we were going to talk to daddy. And he knew that no matter where he was, he was going to step out of a restaurant, he was going to go to the hotel room, he was going to do whatever it was at 6 o'clock. That was check-in time for us to make sure that they saw his face. Um that can be really hard for little babies because they don't really understand sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes you kind of have to work around that. Um, and, and every once in a while, big kids get, you know, you get a little homesick for somebody that's not at home. For sure. But making that dedicated spot to saying we're either going to talk to you on the phone or we're going to FaceTime with you at this time every day. Um, it, it just it becomes part of the new routine, but it's very important. It's really easy to go your whole day without talking to somebody because you get busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that guys are super busy on site. You send Dylan a message, you know that there might be a delay time because he's he's engaged in something or you're engaged in something at work. And whenever you get a moment, you can check and say, oh, okay, I can respond now. Yep. Um, when you transition to being at the house and all of the work that goes into that, it is really easy to all of a sudden look up and be like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. And you send a text say, oh, hope you had a good day. I'm going to bed at night. Love you. Um I'm guilty of doing that a lot because I go to bed early. I wake up early. But uh, it's, it is it is really good to prioritize it almost like an appointment. Mm-hmm. It might feel impersonal to schedule stuff like that. 
but it's more about making it a priority than it is about making it just another thing that you do. Um, scheduling that time is a really big deal. And I would encourage anybody who does go on the road that whether you are just, I mean, just talking to your dog or your wife or your kids or whomever, um, schedule some time to check in with somebody. It'll be, it's good for everyone. All right. So managing home is a thing that we all do. Um, and it, I've mentioned that earlier, it can feel overwhelming to the spouse at home or, or even to whoever's on the road. Um, almost, I'd say everybody that's going to go road is going to be a man. So um, it there's a lot that you guys take care of at the house. And in your mind, you're thinking, man, I'm going to spend my whole weekend doing that because I'm not going to be home this week. Or your spouse might otherwise be thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to clean the gutters now because he's going to be gone. I don't know how to clean the gutters. I don't want to do that. Um, it's not necessarily that, but planning for the shift and how you want to spend your time. What is something that, what's something that Dylan does that would like not otherwise uh, overwhelm you or you just don't want to do? What is something he does that you would be like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, probably all the yard work. That was the first <laughs> thing that popped in my head when yeah. he said that. I was like, oh, he would be like, uh, how am I going to cut the grass if I'm not there? Yeah. So, that would be a big thing would be. I think Robert would be like, don't touch the grass. Yeah. Like you oh, do yeah. not, don't, don't do that. Don't let the boys mess with it. For sure. Don't, don't do that. That's out of my territory. Yeah. Or, this and don't thing. let anybody else do it either. Yes. For don't sure. outsource that. Definitely if I come not. home, somebody else has touched the grass. I'm going to be mad at that's you. That's a big no, no. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But that, that's the kind of thing like yard work. Um, For me, we had, and we've got, we have three boys, so I've got some built in help. Now they're a little bit older, but that's going to sound terrible. I don't necessarily take out the garbage at my house. That's just not. It's not what I do. I do a lot of stuff. I don't take out the garbage. The boys take out the garbage. I can remember when we moved to our new house where I've been about three years, and he went on the road, and we had a different garbage schedule, and I forgot what the schedule was. And so I didn't remind the boys. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and there were like seven garbage bags over there. And I'm like, what is what is going on? Oh, damn, I didn't take out the garbage. Because I forgot, because we were Tuesday, Friday now, and we were Monday, Wednesday before. Um that stuff like that, and seriously, don't remind your spouse of when the garbage schedule is if she happens to have a great handle on that, because um, that's not going to go down well. But there are little things that you just kind of have to adjust to um, the more you plan on that ahead of time, whether it's taking care of the yard or making sure the garbage is handled or it's fixing stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. That's but a big one, Stuff too. breaks. Some of it can wait till you get home. No big deal. Some of it can't. Um, if a water line busts at the house, I know where the little, you know, four, four point thing, I can't explain it, but it looks like a pitchfork, but it's not really a pitchfork. <laughs> I know the tool that we have that turns off the water and I know where to turn off the water line. When it's cold, because my husband's gone during really cold season where pipes freeze sometimes, that's something he showed me how to do real quick um, in the event that a pipe busts and I need to turn the water off at the house. That's the, that's some stuff that you just kind of work out and figure out on the way, but some of us have a lot of family around and that can be great for having a network and a resource and a village. We hear about that. Like it takes a village. Oh, yeah. If you've got family around, that's a really good cushion for somebody who's at the house because they know they have a resource. If you don't, that's something that you need to, you need to think about who are you going to call if you need help with X, Y, Z, even if it's just, here's a phone number of a place that can call and help you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yes. It, it's good to plan. So it sounds like you and Dylan have a pretty good solid communication system anyway um, with you guys. But what's, what is something communication wise that you would want 
him to know. I, I, I'll start because I already know because I thought about it. So we are wired differently, my, you know, opposites attract kind of thing. Yeah. Um, my husband is a talker on, when it comes to a phone conversation. He, he will talk to you on the phone. He likes to talk on the phone. I hate it. Yeah. I hate talking on the phone. I like talking, obviously. I think everybody's probably tired of hearing me talk a little bit. Um, but I don't like talking on the phone because a phone call for me is something like I'm calling you. I have something to tell you or we're achieving a goal or I'm going to get a question answered and then we're going to be done with the conversation. I'm going to hang up the phone. A, a phone call for me is just like a tool to get something achieved or right. accomplished. I'm not good at it. I have to like practice it and remind myself that, hey, we are just checking in about our day. We are talking to each other to communicate. It is not just to tell him like what the wild child did at school today and give an update on everybody else. Like I have to actually communicate. It takes effort on my part to do that. He's better at it than I am. Um, what, what's something you would, you would think about in terms of communication? I guess for us, I would, I would first of all, you know, want to know what he did for that day, but I'd want to know what he's doing that night too. Like what's your plans for tonight? And then what do you have on the schedule for tomorrow? And yeah. Probably when are you coming home? Is, <laughs> yeah. How are things so, going? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and you guys are already um, so much of the work here is so schedule dependent mm-hmm. that the person at the house can sometimes be it's a relief to be able to vent to somebody and say, Oh God, we're doing this or oh that was you know or or in a good way. You yeah. Know, a celebratory, oh we did this today, it was great. Um but it does allow for the opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about what your spouse is doing. Yeah. Um both on your spouse that's home and spouse that's on a job site. I, I, I will often check in and say, okay, you know, Robert, what'd you, you know, what'd you do today? And then he will give me an explanation of some very specific accounting things. Right. And I will have no idea what he is talking about, but I'm like, okay, tell me more about that part. Yeah. Tell me more about this. Um, and I'll eventually learn it and figure it out. And sometimes it's stuff that I still don't understand and that's okay. Cause that's what he does. And Glad that there are people in the world that do the money and the math stuff like right. that. Me most of the time. When yeah. one's telling me about something out in the field, I'm like, that's great. Here's yeah. what I do in the office. Yeah. <laughs> and let's say we all have different roles. Right. We all play different parts in our relationships and in our work life and in our home life. Um, making a little bit of effort to engage with your spouse at home about, hey, what, how was today? You know, you, some people do um, a high-low. What was the best thing of your day, worst part of your day? Uh, some of that stuff, I know it sounds a little corny, but it gives you something to talk about when you're sitting there and you feel like, I don't know what to talk about. I've been married to this person for 15 years. I should, we should have something to talk about, right? It's okay. Life does that to you sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think when you're, when you're engaging and asking questions and making it a point to really listen about what it is that they yeah. did that day, what their plans for the evening are, um, I will do a thing where I will suggest like sometimes I'll look and suggest shows for Robert to watch while he's on the road. Um, he's that's how he decompresses. Sometimes he puts on a series or a show, even if he's watching it four or five times. Well, if I'm scrolling through the internet one day and I see something about a new show and it looks like something he'll like, I'll I'll text it to him, be like, "Hey, I think you would like this." Yes, yeah. it's and it's a little, it's just a nice you know gesture kind of thing. But it's the equivalent of making sure Dylan you know packed his favorite shorts or right. whatever that right. is. Um, that is that's definitely something about taking home with you a little bit okay so before for for all of us um who are think all of our crews who are considering this um if you've made a decision about whether or not you want to go on the road if you are still kind of on the fence and you want to see what it looks like um if you've made a, a firm decision on to not do it 
If you have not talked to your person at home about it yet, you need to. Um, I really encourage you to do that. Have a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be a, you can't solve for X for every time. You can't think of a hundred things that could go wrong or might go wrong and make a plan and, okay, it's great. Here's how you turn off the water. Um, Stuff is just going to happen and you're just, you'll figure it out one way or the other. You can't plan for life anyway, no matter if you're here or you're away. But what you can do is to make sure that you're hearing your partner's concerns. Um, Talk to your kids about it. If you've got kids and you've never been on the road before, you figure out a good way to prep them for it and talk to them about it and understand that, you know, daddy always comes back and it's, it's not forever. Um, ensuring them that if they're older and they have a way that they can FaceTime you or text you, like you said, Millie does. Um, that's great. If they're younger, sometimes a little too much information can be worse when they're, you know, like three and under and they don't really get it anyway. But, um, making sure everybody knows, Hey, this is what might happen. And when the time is appropriate for you to have those conversations with little ones, make sure you do that. Um, but talk to your spouse, talk to them before you decide, nope, not doing that. Or talk to them before you decide, yeah, that sounds great. Um, cause they're going to have thoughts and concerns about it. And it's, this is where it's got to be a team effort. It really does have to be a team effort to make an experience like this go smoothly. Um, because we want, we want it to be successful, even though that we know in the long term for Burns Dirt, Travel and road work is just a means to an end. We are not looking for this to be a nomadic culture. This is not something we are going to do for years and years on end. It is an in-between until we get to a more permanent establishment in these new markets. Um, But it is something that we all need to think about thoroughly, talk to our people at home, talk to as many people as you can in your crews that have done this before. Um, And if you've decided, yeah, this is something I want to do, ask them how how, how it could be made best for them. What's the best thing that you did on the road? What's something you wish you would have done more on? Um, And and get some pointers. Get some best practices tips from everybody. So um, I think this is going to wrap up our On the Road podcast. I hope it provided some answers for all of you or at least some things to think about and some things to talk about. Um, So let's see. I feel like like that's a wrap on the podcast. Let's go move some dirt. (laughs) 